With the recent U.S. congressional reports and commissions conceding the authentication of UFOs, stating we have been visited by entities that defy explanation, superior technology exceeding man's known laws of physics, manipulation and creation of materials not known to scientific academia, intelligence and awareness of military maneuvers and radar, while also reportedly abducting humans. While this sounds straight out of many science fiction books and movie scripts, the facts remain that the Bible has accounted for much of this phenomena from Genesis through Revelation. From Ezekiel 1, Daniel 10, Genesis 3 and 28, 2 Kings 6, Revelation 9, and so many more scriptures openly record angelic activity and warfare in various locations that some may consider interdimensional portals or stargates. Join us now as we unpack the evidence before us and potential strategies of our adversaries as mankind approaches the eventual return of King Jesus in the Bible and UFOs there all along. I am Mark and you are listening to The Russick Outlook. As always, just my opinion. Hi everybody, this is Mark from The Russick Outlook. Thank you so much for joining. Today's topic, UFOs and the Bible, there all along. This is a culmination of a two-part series that I began last week. I wanted to investigate UFOs and the Bible. Why? Well, there's been so much substantial information that's come to the forefront on a number of different areas that I kind of laid that out uh, in the first video. Information that, you know, most people would consider substantial, uh, worth your consideration, worth your processing, as opposed to if I said something like this 10 or 15, 20 years ago, you might think, guy's got tinfoil hat and rabbit ears on. Uh, but now even the U.S. government, and you know, as I had indicated, has had congressional hearings. The, uh, the military, the CIA, uh, the different branches of this government, other governments have all verified that there is unexplained phenomena out there uh, that defies all known laws of physics and, and gravity in particular. Uh, matter of fact, I'm going to show you some two very brief videos that were released by uh, the government of naval pilots engaging UFOs. So, in in that, how do you how does that line up with the Bible? So last week I kind of broke a lot of the things down, the different areas from a non-biblical perspective. What what is the information that we've learned? What can we uh, what can we look at? And then I wanted to see some examples of how that may have lined up in Scripture. I laid out I laid that out for you. I'm going to dig deeper now because I believe with, that I can show you from the very first verse of Genesis through Revelation that this has been there all along. This is no surprise, and not only in the Bible, but then much documented evidence and things that we can observe that we have been visited, that things have gone on. And I'm sure I'm going to point out some things that will make your uh, eye open or your your head might pop a little bit with some of the information. Uh, this is intended to be a high-level exercise. Uh, but I did want to bring this out because the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun, and you can look at it a couple of different ways. But I believe in, in this instance... Uh, you know, it, it's just the way you look at it. It's your vantage point. It's where you are in time. It's the information that you have in front of you. It's it's how you can process these things. So hopefully I'll be able to show that to you. Real quick, I'm just going to ask if you wouldn't mind, please, if you like information like this, hit the like and the subscribe button, ring the bell, whatever the platform you're on, 
Uh, it helps us, you know, get up in the algorithms and the search engines, get the information out there. And also, if you wouldn't mind uh, jumping over to the Rustic Outlook, join our email list, and, and we'll just notify you of new events, new things that are coming up. But without further ado, I want to get into this. There's a lot of information, um, but I'm going to keep this at a high level. I, I, I don't want to get saturated in the details, although there, there's some things that you're going to, I have to show you. It's going to be, it's going to be highlighted because there's, there's some mind-blowing statistics here too. So let me do that. Oh, let me get myself straight here. UFOs in the Bible, they're all along. So what I'd like to do is just give you a very, very brief uh, review from where we were last time. So I'm going to kind of cite with 1947, Roswell, New Mexico. Everybody pretty much knows about that, all of the different cover-ups that, that were involved there. 1980, Rendlesham Forest in the UK, which is kind of the UK's equivalent to, uh, to New Mexico. I pointed out about 1952, uh, the uh, two airports in D.C. were shut down for saucers that were sighted there on and off for a week. 1996, the CNN and UFO, uh, CNN and Reuters report of UFOs. 13 separate astronauts um, uh, over the course of probably 10, 15 years uh, of uh, missions that they, you know, they, they uh, documented uh, seeing UFOs. Uh, over 6,000 UFO documentations have, have been published in English. 700 books, 300 books prior to 1650. So meaning this is not a new phenomenon. This has been around for a long time. I broke down a lot of the information in the crop circles and how there, there's chemicals and there's things in there that require immense heat that would burn up plants, but yet it, it formed this metallic structures around them. And I again, I, 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 I don't want to go into all the details because I covered this in, in the first episode. Alien abductions. I think that's really, really important, and there's a lot of people who have been doing a good work on this, and when you talk about, this is going to tie into the Nephilim and gene editing and, and some of the motivation potentially behind some of these sightings. So you, a lot of the alien abductions that have been claimed, I'll, I'll, I'll say it, I don't, I haven't studied a lot in this area, but I, I point out three gentlemen, John Mack, Joseph Jordan, and L.A. Marzulli. Uh, if you look them up and if you're interested in more of their information, uh, you know, you can find them online. Uh, John Mack, from, strictly from a medical perspective, Joseph Jordan and L.A. Mar Marzulli, I think approach it more from the spiritual aspect of it. But uh, again, I encourage you if it, it, to look into that because it's, it's not to be just thrown off. It's not to be slighted. I'll put it that way. Um, UFOs plotted on radar by multiple military governments, well-documented photographs, videos, uh, the technology that we talked about. I'm going to show you a couple of very brief videos here in a second. Hypersonic uh, velocity, instantaneous acceleration, uh, the U.S. Naval and Air Force encounters. You'll see that in a minute. Um, materialized, dematerialized without a trace. And the U.S. government is believed to have uh, possession of exotic material, according to former um, CIA and uh, other officials who were involved in the, the various government studies of extraterrestrial um, 
I forget the name of the the agency, but it's it's tied in with the CIA. I apologize. If you're following me on video, I wanted to show you something here really briefly. Um, this was a sketch, and it's an undocumented um, a video that was done by Timothy Alberino with some uh, American soldiers in Afghanistan around 2005, I believe. Long story short, um, these pilots uh, flew in near Kandahar, and they had to pick up this package. And this this um, video that I'm showing you is a sketch of, of the of the person that they had to pick up. And you know, I don't want to get into a lot of it here, but the the description in the video, if you want to look it up, uh, it's it's well worth it. It's about a five, six, seven minute interview. Um, but they report that this creature, which was highly, um, uh, it's, it was a high cover-up, it was hush-hush, uh, the pilots were not allowed to have any cameras or any type of recording devices, this was kept on the low-key, but they estimated, based upon the way that they can weigh things, uh, because they've got to take this as cargo onto their plane, that the specimen was approximately 10 to 12 feet tall, approximately 1,100 pounds, uh, they they you know, decided that it was definitely dead, but the stench on it was like any, unlike anything that they'd ever known. And they talked about the mass of the body, like, you know, it was just, just something that they had never seen. So this was picked up by um, U.S. military. The, the, uh, the faces are kind of blotted out, uh, marked out the way you would see where you're, you know, you're hiding the identity of them. But that was just something else that I found very interesting. I found that the um, the the uh, the interviewer and the pilot who um, you know gave this description and gave this outline and the, you know provide help provide this uh, this sketch of of what this looked like. You know, I, I I found it to be pretty credible. So again, if you want to look up Timothy Alberino, he's also somebody who's gone to many of these megalithic sites and he's. He's done a tremendous work from a ministerial aspect of it. So, you know, again, I would encourage you to check out his works as well. But next I want to check, Go. I'm going to go really briefly right now to uh, um, uh, the, 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 the first video pilot where uh, you, you'll see that you'll, you'll hear the pilot and, and they're just amazed at the um, velocity of, of how this thing can just continue to go. And I believe it says 120 knots against the wind, but you'll see it. So let me cut to this video right now. Fucking drone, bro. There's a whole fleet of them. Look on the ASA. My gosh. They're all going against the wind. The wind's 120 knots to the west. Oh, all thing, dude. That's not an LNS though, is it? It's not. That is an LNS, dude. Well, if there's like thing, it's rotating. So hopefully, you know, you you get a little bit of an appreciation. You enjoyed that. Um, it it just you know, it it's one of two videos. Here's another short video that I want to show you. This is what they refer to as the Tic Tac video. And what's interesting about this too, you don't see this. This happens afterwards. That this uh, um, object winds up disappearing under the water. You know, they just completely lose trace of it instantaneously. Um, but it's it's just, you know, it's a short video, but it gives you an idea. 
These are two videos that the U.S. government has released. Now, some of the officials that have been involved in these studies have said there's so much more video, there's so much more information, so much um, uh, informative information that they have yet to release yet for whatever their reason for classification purposes. And you can imagine, if this is what they're showing you, there's a lot more you know, behind it. So let me just, again, another just very brief video gives you an idea. So that gives you a little bit of an idea, you know, of of real engagements that the U.S. military ha- has had. All right. So now we're looking at things that are coming out from another world, another or the heavens, let's let's call it. We don't know exactly from where. So what I wanted to show you was how I believe that we've been visited beforehand. This is nothing new. And and I'm going to go back to the pyramids in this. And I've I've covered extensively in, in, in a couple of videos about the pyramids, but I wanted to rehash something here because this is the Great Pyramid of Giza and there's, I think, 120 to 128 pyramids where they all have tunnels and, and um, slopes that, that go to specific stellar constellations. And the Great um, uh, Pyramid of Giza, I'm going to show you this slide in a second, the mathematics, you know, it just confirms that what we're dealing with knows so much more than what we do about the constellations, about the math, about the heavens. So let me, you know, without further ado on that, let me just cut over to this. So on the right-hand side, I'm showing you what the pyramid is, and I'm showing you those constellations of, of the stars that they go to from the different um, uh, the room, I'll just call them rooms right now. So top left, the angle of the slope of the sides is 10 to 9. Now check this out. That is for every 10 feet you ascend, you rise in an altitude by 9 feet. If you multiply the altitude of the pyramid by 10 raised to the power of 9, you have 91,800, 91,840,000 which in miles is the exact distance from the earth. That can't be right. That number can't be right. It must be must be billion. I'm, I'm sorry. I got my numbers wrong there. But billion. But my, my point is, is it's, it's the exact distance from the earth to the sun. So how did they know that math? Um, it stands at the exact center of the world, the planet earth. The Great Pyramid is in exact the middle. It's midway between the west coast of Mexico and the east coast of China, between the North Cape of, of Norway and the Cape of Good Hope in South Africa. You know, so it, it, it was clearly a, a point of delineation, a, a specific point that was incredibly important to what I would say, fallen angels, demonic angels at that time working and building these pyramids. Here's some interesting information, though. Researchers Allen and Sally Landsberg provide the following statistics. Somehow, the builders knew that the world was round but flattened at the poles, 
which caused the degree of latitude to lengthen at the top of the planet. It rotated in one day on an axis tilted by 23.5 degrees to the ecliptic, which is because of the moon, causing night and day, that is the tilt that causes the seasons. That Earth circled the sun once a year of 365 and a fraction days. The designers also knew that Earth's celestial North Pole described a slow circle around the pole of the ecliptic, making the constellations appear to slip backwards and bring a new constellation of the zodiac behind the sun at the equinox approximately every 2,200 years in grand cycle of about 26,000 years. These facts, too, were part of the internal measurements of the pyramid. And I go on with some additional information on the right, but my point here is that the mathematics and, and the, the detail, these are things that, you, you know, you're, you're going to tell me that in, in the Bronze Age that, you know, mankind was, was capable of, of doing something like this. We couldn't have done this 100 years ago. Uh, you know, it, it, if, if we tried. And the detail is just, you know, it's incredible. Let me go on here. This is, long story short, the solution to the problem of how to square a circle. You can find that in the pyramids. But these are the, some of the things I want to just highlight on the left-hand side. The base of the pyramid covers 13 acres. It consists of 2.3 million blocks of stone weighing two and a half tons each some weighing up to 50 tons. Some huge blocks weighing 100 tons are situated within the pyramid structure at a height of 46 meters. The base of the pyramid is a square with right angles accurate to 1 20th of one degree. The sides, I mean, imagine things that are tons in, in weight and, and you're getting it within a 20th of a degree. So therein, you know, uh, easily makes the case for the Nephilim and giants. The sides are equilateral triangles and face exactly to true north, south, east, and west of the earth. Taking the Hebrew cubit to be 25.05 inches, the length of each side of the base is 365 cubits, the exact number of days in the solar year, including the extra day for every fourth year. And finally, the slope of the sides of the pyramid is such at an angle that they meet at the, at the predetermined height of 232.52 cubits. If twice the length of a side at the base was to be divided by the height of the pyramid, we would arrive at the figure 3.14159, which, when multiplied by the diameter of a circle, gives it some circumference. The solution to the problem of how to square a circle. I, you know, I, I realize that's a lot of numbers. Sorry. <clears throat> Excuse me. I realize that's a lot of numbers. And I, I try to just highlight the detail of what we're looking at. And that's why I say we have been visited by extraterrestrials. We have been visited by angels that knew, that know the heavens. And I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you why. Because they were there at the very center, the very focal point of creation. And, and, and they can use these things to their advantage or... It's, it's nothing that's going to clearly outwit the Lord, but it is to, 
their advantage in you know they're they're combating and they want to claim earth they in you know we'll, we'll get into it no secret here if you've been following me this is you know satan's end game he you know he wants to rule and reign just the way the lord did which is why you know uh it, it was the driving force behind his fall so let me go to a couple of other little things here that are on the earth that i think are kind of mind-blowing um, I, I cite the, you know, Ecclesiastes 1.9, what has been will be again, what, what has, I'm sorry, what has been will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. So Cyclopean masonry, I've, I've talked about this re- recently as well. These are things that are, that we find in these megalithic structures, particularly the ones in Peru, Cusco, and Bolivia, where th- they are several hundred tons but yet the, they have been molded into the clay and that they fit and form where they've, they've somehow, they've been able to soften the material in ways that you know, we couldn't even do today if we tried. So I, I show you some examples here, particularly that one in the middle, uh, and you can see that in the walls of Cusco. And you'll also see in a lot of these structures, other stones that were built by man on top of it to try to use these. And, you know, historical records will try to say, well, these were just different categories uh, of, of men's architectural techniques at the time. And it's like, no. And, you know, I've cited before that these are built in such a fashion and such an angle that they can withstand earthquakes, that, you know, earthquake proof. So, you know, when I talked about... Um, where, where you'll see these structures and you'll see um, other buildings on top of it, the Incas and, and, and some of the, uh, the, the, the Peruvian Indians and, and the Aztecs, they have these smaller blocks on top of it. And over the course of hundreds of years, there's been earthquakes. And these things have fallen. These, these buildings have collapsed, but not what was underneath it, not what was supporting it, not what this Cyclopean masonry was. It, it's It's you know, a slight angle, I'm going to say maybe 8 to 10 degrees on some of the uh, the buildings and the structures that I've seen. But again, I just point to the fact that they have been able to modify and mold the earth in such a form. So they have this ability, you know, to do things from a chemical compound standpoint that we cannot. And, I, you know, I pointed out um, with the crop circles how that, you know, you see this uh, melted gold around them that would destroy the plants, but yet it's, you know, you see these traces of it in the stems and the knuckles uh, 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 of these crop circles. So again, we're, we're talking about things that man has no, um, uh, no interaction with, I'll, I'll say, in terms of being able to utilize that today. This is techniques, this is information that's far, far, far above anything that we can do today here you know, in 2022. Uh, let me just cut back to the slide real quick. You know, I point out, you know, some of the pyramids there, you know, and you see, again, some of the constellations and, and the importance of these pyramids, you know, of, of where they need to be. So, you know, I, I hope I, I kind of got that point across that we have been visited by um, people, fallen angels. They have shared this information with man. They've utilized their offspring, the, the, uh, the Nephilim. So, uh, you know, we, we, I, I've talked a lot about this, but my whole point is this whole extraterrestrial, the whole UFO phenomenon is nothing new. 
We've seen this. We've seen, and I'm going to show you in in uh, scripture. But I'm going to, you know, showing you evidences of what we can see today. I'm going to very quickly cut to some information from that was given by the Book of Jasher concerning the Tower of Babel dimensions. It is 100 to 200 square mile base, 5,422 cubits, over 752 stories tall. According to the ninth chapter of Jasher, it took a year to get to the top. So this is probably right around the time that Father, Son, Holy Spirit came down and confounded them with language. Um, then you have the ziggurat structures of all these different pyramids throughout the Middle East. You see this in a lot of Iraq. When we were in the, the Americans were in the Iraq war, we saw it. Um, these are steep temples that, uh, you know, they, they have a religious uh, aspect to it. And a lot of these temples, you'll see graduations of zodiac importance again getting back to the importance of the constellations so even with the tower of babel and some of these other um, edifices that we see that we think are approximately 3000 bc um, it was always built with a core of mud brick and exterior covered with baked brick it had no internal chambers and it was usually square or rectangular. So that, you know, that would be different from the pyramids which had those internal chambers. Um, approximately 25 ziggurats are known, being equally divided among Sumer, Babylonia, and Assyria. Again, you know, all in the same general geographic place, which is right around, um, uh, you know, Babel and Babylon. So who built the megaliths? So let me just kind of break down to this slide too. So Stone Age and Bronze Age civilizations were not in possession of the knowledge or the tools to construct these edifices. Plain and simple. We could not, we can't do this today, never mind thousands of years ago. Everything appears to be based on precise astrological calibrations, meaning they know so they're coming from another world outside of Earth. It is clear whomever built them has an advanced comprehension of the cosmos. It is also clear that evidence of advanced cyclopean masonry abruptly disappeared from the earth. That was flood. Something catastrophic obliterated the old world. Now, here's something that I want to, I, I think is important because it gives you, you know, this gives you further corroboration outside of the Bible to corroborate the Bible, if that's a way of, of, of putting it. Sumerians, Babylonians, Egyptians, Phoenicians, Hebrews, Indians, Chinese, Japanese, Tibetans, Greeks, Romans, Incas, Aztec, and the Mayans all have records in song, verse, sacred script, and oral tradition of a time long ago when gods descended from heaven to dwell among men to mingle their seed with the human race until the great cataclysm destroyed them. So all of these cultures have this which is what was laid out in Genesis 6, giving you the exact reason and what was going on. But, you know, they, they have their uh, cultures in carrying on, um, I, I don't want to call it folklore because I think that does it a disservice, but, that you know, carrying on the information from their cultures as they knew it. But the real interpretation comes from Genesis 6. So... The other interesting aspect, though, is many of these records prophesy of a time when they will re re resurrect their empire and reinsert themselves into the human genome. So now I want to get back to 
the beginning of, of where I believe, you know, we see this. So, again, I think I've, I've shown you the point. You, you get it about that we have been visited, that there's, there's an, um, uh, an extraterrestrial civilization that was here, and it was here before man, and I'm going to show you that. And it was then um, distorted after man, after the fall with Adam. So let me kind of break this down. So we have the watchers. I've talked a lot about this. This is the account from Enoch of 200 fallen angels. It denotes occupation, one who watches the affairs of men or the guardians who watch over the throne of God. They committed one of the most grievous sins ever recorded in Scripture, and it's evidenced by the clear, swift judgment of God. The book of Genesis, Enoch, Giants, and Jubilees all relate the following story. 200 watchers were enamored with the daughters of men. They said, come, let us choose wives from among the children of men and beget us children. Book of Watchers, 1st Enoch uh, 1, Enoch 6, 2. There are three things that they coveted. Females, they lusted after women and envied men for their wives. So they could not, they did not have women. They did not have the ability to procreate unless they left their abode as what was laid out in Jude 1.6 at the bottom here. They wanted offspring. They they desired to procreate. Why? Because they knew from from Genesis 3.15 that the death sentence was there so that they wanted to offseed the seed to the Messiah. Offseed the seed. I don't know if that's a way of expressing it, but hopefully you get the idea. And dominion. They wanted the desired dominion of the earth. And I, you know, and I, and I'm going to show you very shortly, this is what Satan had. This is what the angels had. They had dominion of the earth prior to the fall of Satan. The watchers bind themselves with an oath of mutual implications and willful, willfully rebel against the king of heaven. They abandon their heavenly abode and descend to the earth on the summit of Mount Hermon in the days of Jared. So Jude 1.6, and the angels which kept not their first estate or abode, but left their habitation or left their assigned place, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness under the days un, un, unto the judgment of the great day. So that is where they are in Tartarus. So, you know, I, I, I kind of wanted to cite about the importance of alien abductions because what did they covet? They covered females. They wanted to procreate. And everything that you see or you would learn in about these alien abductions, not everything, but there's a lot of information about women um, saying that they've had babies and some uh, accounts that, you know, they at somehow or another were, were brought back together and recognized that whatever that being was came out of her womb, uh, that they've been mutilated, that they've been had their internal organs removed, uh, probed, um, you know, things that I, I, you know, I I, I couldn't imagine. But my point here is this is what is being reported. I've never spoken to any of these people. And again, I've I've cited some of the people you can, you know, you can look at for more information if, if that's of interest to you. But it lines up with scripture. It lines up with um, how uh, of, of what they want to be able to do, that they want to be able to destroy mankind. Because, you know, again, this, this, is, this is their end game, and now we're, we're at the last leg of it. So I want to now show you some things of I, that I would say are type of terrestrial or extraterrestrial 
um, encounters on the earth through scripture. And so I'm just going to give you some images because I think a lot of this you're familiar with. So Daniel 10, I show you the spiritual warfare of how, you know, the angel fought to be able to get to Daniel. And it took him 21 days because he had a fight through the prince of Persia. And and so there's, you know, from the third heaven to the second heaven to the first heaven, and there's other dimensions that we don't know about. Um, but, you know, Daniel 10, if you can imagine, that's intergalactic warfare. Uh, you know, that's... that. That's extraterrestrial warfare. First um, Kings six sixteen, where you know I, I mentioned this last time, where um, Elisha opened up the eyes of his servants so that he could see the the army of angels and the chariots of fire and 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 you know what was coming, the thunderous uh, approach from 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 heaven. Um, Ezekiel one, I broke down a lot of this and and how you can easily make the wheel within the wheel and the, and and uh, the beings going up and down and the wheels following them. Um, Genesis three, the the cherubim at, at at the gate guarding the gate a, after the the fall of Adam. I, I just mentioned Malachi three here at the bottom near the right. Um, you know, we're opening up the windows of heaven. What does that mean? You know, how do you access the windows of heaven? There must be some some way to do that. Revelation 9, because I pointed that this is these are things that we're going to see in the future, where the angel comes down and he goes down to the abyss and he opens it up and there's these these creatures that come out and they have no remorse and and you know they they don't they don't even um, I, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing the scripture, but it says that they 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 do not seek forgiveness of 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 their pharmacia and and in this instance if you break down the translations it's about getting in through portals and breaking in from from different dimensions um and you know they'll be released then genesis 28 you know the 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 jacob's ladder the angels coming up and down um there's access there's portals and so i you know my point here is we see this throughout scripture we see these things but we're not looking at it in terms of hey these are ufo's or uaps this is just another way of of explaining it is my point I want to now shift to mountains because I think mountains become important as maybe a potential portal or gateway. Mount of Olives, we all know that this is where Jesus ascended and he will be coming back again. Mount Sinai, this is where God came down and visited Moses. Um, Mount Moriah is where um, uh, Abraham was was ready to offer up his, his son. And, you know, the angel came down, so there was this intergalactic um, confrontation and 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 clearly there was observations about uh, Adam um, Abraham's behavior toward, towards his son Isaac Mount Hermon you know that's that's where the uh, 200 watchers descended so I think there's some interesting things about mountains and I wanted to cite the 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 scripture where Satan tempts Jesus and we don't know what mountain it is. But I've always found this scripture pretty hard to get my head wrapped around because he shows them the kingdoms of the world. Uh, Satan is enthralled with the kingdoms. And he says, and, and the scripture is Matthew 4, 8. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain. So there's a lot of information that has to do with mountains and and access and portals and, and entry points. And I'm going to show you that 
of how that ties in today. And it showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. But he did it on an exceedingly high mountain. So I think that there's somehow, there's some type of portal of, of ways that things can be seen. There's access points. And I, I tried to show you that, you know, in the previous, just a montage of images, just to kind of throw out some ideas at you, get you to think about, boy, you know, there's these all these supernatural things that are happening around us and have been happening throughout history, been happening for thousands of years and beforehand in the Bible. But just again, can we look at this just a little bit differently? So now I want to bring you to an interesting uh, Mount Graham in Arizona. So um, l- let me just say this, that there's a lot of, with the Vatican, they've occupied and claimed a lot of territory over hundreds of years um, from where a lot of these uh, uh, megalithic edifices are, specifically in, in Peru and um, some of the South American countries, uh, Cusco, and they've built churches on top of them. And they've there's a lot of information supposedly within the walls of the Vatican that has not been released to obviously to the public. But there's something interesting that Mount Graham, we're, we're not quite really sure, but the Vatican insisted that they be, were be able to build a, um, a technology group up here. Uh, let me show you some things. Um, they have one of the largest telescopes and, and, and binoculars on Mount Graham in Arizona. Interestingly enough, um, the the Indians specifically, I'm going to, I, I was going to say the Iroquois, but I can't say that, but I do know for the uh, uh, American Indians, that this is considered one of the fourth holiest mountains. They claim, um, a- according to one of the chiefs, and this was within the last 10 years or so, that this has been a portal entry for um, different civilizations to come in and out from different dimensions uh, since time began, according to ancient Indian lore. But the Vatican wanted this land, and um, so they they entered into some type of agreements with Arizona State University as well as NASA. But these images that you see, this is all owned by the Vatican. They have some of the largest telescopes and uh, binoculars. As a matter of fact, there's one of the, and this is kind of sick, but it's true, um, on the, 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 the lens of the binocular, I believe it is, the largest binocular. They've actually called it Lucifer. Um, And some of the people who have gone in there and and they've interviewed some of these engineers, they were all hired by the Vatican. This is run by the Vatican. uh, And, you know, it supposedly, it has, they are looking for metaphysical doorways, stargates, portals, interdimensional throughways. And according to some who were interviewing the, the people there, they're monitoring exo-worlds, meaning that of where they think that these beings might be coming from. And supposedly in the interview, and you know, one of the things that I saw from somebody who I, I hold with a high degree of credibility, Tom Horn, and he was talking about how they actually at times have to wait for some of the objects to move so that they can focus their lenses and, the, and there's these super high-powered telescopes 
on the areas of which they want because there's so much type of UFO activity. So, you know, you can take that for what it's worth, but I do find it interesting that you, you've got these claims by the by the Indians and then the Vatican insisting and and you know obviously investing hundreds of millions of dollars not only in the technology and the staffing and the reporting of the information so you know so, something's there so I just really kind of wanted to quickly close by saying this was from the beginning and I'm going to go back to Genesis one two that. I'm going to talk about the Luciferian flood. Uh, let me let me give you the slide here. Um, so in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And I've cited this a couple of times, so hopefully you don't mind me repeating it. God created it. It's wonderful. It's perfect. It's done. It's, it's great. Genesis 1-2 then goes on to say, the earth was without form and void. Tohu vabohu, uh, meaning it, it, it's a Jewish expression or a Hebrew expression. Uh, and it becomes a mess, I'll say it. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. So something precipitated it. And the Spirit of God moved over the face of the water. So there was darkness after God had created it. And I say this because, you know, I, I, I've cited in other scriptures where um, the angels were there and they celebrated, you know, at the glory of the Lord, at the creation of, of the heavens and the creation of earth. So Isaiah 45, 18, For thus says the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he established it. He created it not in vain, tohu, but he formed it to be inhabited. So in other words, Isaiah is saying, we know what Genesis 1-2 says, that it became unformed and void, but that was not the intent of the Lord. In other words, that, and because that was the fall of Satan. So Jeremiah 4-23-26 on the right, I beheld the earth and lo, it was without form and void. So Jeremiah sees this in the spirit and the heavens, and they had no light. I beheld the mountains, and lo, they trembled, and the hills, they moved lightly. I beheld, and lo, there was no man, and all the birds of the heavens, flying creatures, were fled. So that meant something was there beforehand. There was kingdoms there. There was creatures there. There was flying there. I beheld, and lo, the fruitful place... The fruitful place, it was fruitful. It, it was a wilderness, and all the cities thereof were broken down in the presence of the Lord by his fierce anger. So there's cities. So all of this was in place prior to Genesis 1-2, and, and it's bore out scripturally. 2 Peter, 2, uh, 2 Peter 3, 5-7, For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water whereby the world that what then was being overflowed with water perished. So that was what I would call the Luciferian flood, the flood where the world stood out of, of the waters. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, which means there was something beforehand, by the same word are kept in store, reserved into fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So, you know, I, I hope that's clear. <laughs> you, you can't go from Genesis 1-1 to creation without with just glossing over Genesis 1-2. And there's so many other scriptures that bear, bore out what was and what was there in Genesis 1-1 at the creation. And I'm going to show you all the other things that were there in a second. 
Isaiah 16 says this, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which weakened the nations? What nations? He weakened the nations. This is before Adam. Adam was the first man. So there was nations beforehand. There was there was kingdoms beforehand that they shall see narrowly um, that they shall see that they shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, "Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms?" So again, this was all there beforehand. So my point here is everything that we're seeing and and, and everything that I've kind of shown you. I hopefully that. You know, these terrestrial beings, these fallen angels, they were there from the very beginning. They predate man, perhaps by eons. We don't know how long. Um, and, and, and it's just a fact. So that made the world as a wilderness, destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the house of his prisoners. So uh, there you have it. I'm going to go to Ezekiel um, 28. Let me, let me put this on screen. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation against the king of Tyrus, which is Satan, and, sa- and sa- thus says the Lord, Thou seals up the sun, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, thy sardis, topaz, diamond, beryl, onyx, jasper, sapphire, emerald, carbuncle, gold. The workmanship of thy tabrets and thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created." Check that out. The day thou was created. That means there was a day before Satan was created. God was there. God was prevalent. God is almighty. God is omnipotent. God is is, is, is Lord. God is deliverer. He was there before Satan. He created Satan. He gave Satan the opportunities. He gave him what I would think from looking at things, potentially, you know, the number three, four position, you know, in, in the heavens. I mean, he was, he was that relegated. He was that esteemed. He was, he was given that much, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I was going to say panache. That's not the word. Um, thou anointed cherub that covers. I have set thee so that you were upon the holy mountain of God. You walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in thee by the multitude of thy merchandise. So he's got merchandise. He, I, I almost feel like I want to do a, a, a Mel Brooks merchandising. Um, by the multitude of the merchandise, they have filled out thee with violence. Remember, Satan is a liar. He's a deceiver. He was robbing there from the beginning. You know, he was involved in mer- merchandise. Thou hast sinned, and I, and therefore I will cast thee as a profane out of the mountain of God. I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of the fire. Thy heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy uh, thy wisdom by reason of, of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay before thee kings, and they may behold you. You will see him. Everyone will see him, and they will look at him, and they will say, is that the one that shook the nations? Is that the one that caused all these problems? Is that the one, you know, that brought us to the place of of fear and apprehension? Satan is a liar. He is a cheat. He is a deceiver. 
And a lot of the things that you see, and I kind of pointed this out, he imitates what, what God does in the heavens. So when you see some of these devices of, of, of transportation, of in and out, it, it, it's a cheap forgery. Um, I just want to close with a couple of things real quickly. I know I've covered a lot of information, but my point here, and I hope I got it across, is that everything that we see concerning UFOs and terrestrials, it's been in the Bible all along. It's been here all along. This is no surprise. Uh, mankind is recognizing it, but without the 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 anointing of Holy Spirit, without Jesus inside of you, you know, it, Jesus says, uh, I am the way and I am the truth and the truth shall set you free. And that's the only way you're going to be. I wanted to point out a couple things real quickly here. There's a couple of authors, a couple of ministers that I hold in high regard. Jimmy Evans, David Jeremiah. And uh, these are guys who have seasoned, mature, well-balanced, just awesome teachers and, and, and preachers. And I just, I've loved their ministries for many, many, many years. Um, they both came out with books in the last year, not only on the rapture, we've seen plenty of books on the rapture, but what to do in the event that you're here after the rapture. And I'm going somewhere with this that ties into what, what we've been talking about all along. Matter of fact, let me call these books up. So Jimmy Evans' book, Where Are the Missing People? David Jeremiah, After the Rapture. There's another gentleman, Pete Garcia, called The Disappearing, uh, where it, it's, it's about the rapture, but it's a, it's a good, there's, there's some good works in there about what to do if you are here after the rapture. So with all the information that I've seen taught on the rapture over the years, and, you know, I personally believe that, you know, we will be raptured before the tribulation if you are a, a servant of Jesus Christ and a disciple of Jesus Christ. And I've laid this out in the past, and I think it's pretty well documented. Um, but I find it very intriguing that these seasoned men are now writing be prepared. Be prepared. Like it, it's almost like you you want to leave something to somebody, to your loved one, to your family member, if you can't get through to them, for whatever the reason. And it's not you. It's it's the work of the Holy Spirit. As long as you do your your job. But why now? <clears throat> and why? So and I, I this is just my personal opinion. I think Holy Spirit is speaking to these men and and telling them to prepare because the time is drawing near. And, you know, Jesus said, I am coming, I am coming soon. And, you know, you know, I, I can go down a whole litany of, you know, uh, scriptures and Peter and, you know, talking about there'll be mockers in these days. But, you know, the bottom line is Jesus is saying it. So, you know, it's, it's true. So where am I going with all of this? There, there's a hypothesis. There's a, um, and and I think it's it's a fair, um, it's a fair thought to consider that. Let's just let's say there's approximately seven billion people on the earth, and I think there's two point eight billion are Christians, and let's just say two billion of them, you know, two point eight billion claim to be Christians. Let, let's say 2 billion or 1.4, whatever you want. If they leave the earth dramatically as, as Scripture laid out, and they will, then there will be all hell on earth. And, you know, how are you going to explain this? And with the Holy Spirit now 
removed because the church is removed, the restrainer is removed, then everything unleashes, all hell unleashes on earth. So what's to say that you don't have these beings, these extraterrestrials, these fallen angels, Lucifer and his minions, coming in and saying that we're here to straighten things out, that these people had to be, and I'm making this up, I'm, but I'm just kind of ad-libbing or spitballing, as we like to say, um, where they, they say they had to be removed from the earth. So I'm just going to leave you, you know, this image and a couple of scriptures. Be forgetful to, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. So people have entertained angels unaware already. Benai Ha Elohim is the sons of God. And I want you to remember, these are non-procreated beings. They are not conceived in a womb. They have been created. You you know, Jesus is the second Adam. Uh, Adam was created. So this denotes a paternity, an origin, or an estate. And remember this, they possess technology. They are vehicles, they have vehicles of conveyance and war. I'm talking about angels, of fallen angels and, you know, the, the, Satan's, uh, Satan's minions or Satan's army. They have scientific knowledge. They have spoken and written language. They keep records. They have a governmental hierarchy, a military, so to speak. And they are creative. They sing and they compose music. They have an artistic aptitude. So this is an incredibly, you know, intelligent entity that is going to join forces with man because most of man, you know, when especially after the rapture, you'll have millions, hopefully a billion more and more, would get saved after the rapture. But most will, you know, look to that leader, that 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 gap in leadership, which is what Satan will fill with the Antichrist. So I'm, I'm just kind of painting the picture. It's been brought out there by a number of people. It's possible. I don't know if it'll happen. Fortunately, you know, I won't be around and hopefully you won't be around. I wanted to close with this. Everything that I laid out here does not impact your salvation if you disagree with me. If you disagree with Genesis 1-1 to 1-2 to, to what I've laid out, where you you had the world before the creation of man, that's fine. And, and you know, if, if some of the things that I laid out about UFOs and extraterrestrials and some of the things in uh, Genesis 6 and, and, and whatnot, that does not impact your salvation. Your, your, what impacts your salvation was the most important thing I could tell you is this. I'll cut to this slide. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved, Romans 10, 13. That's the most important thing. What, you know, I think it's important to understand the Word. I love the Word. I love digging deep into the Word. I love unpacking. I believe seeing what was in our past kind of helps guide us to what the future is. As a, um, as a, what I would like to consider myself a prayer warrior, I want to know the strategies of the enemy. I want to be able to hear the voice of God so I know what to do and, and, and how to combat it in prayer and in teaching and whatever, whatever I can put my hands to because 
I want to advance the gospel. I want to spread the good news that Jesus Christ is Lord, that everybody in their heart knows without question that you've sinned, you've fallen short in one form or another, you've lied, you've stolen, you've cheated, you've coveted, uh, you've had an affair, whatever it is, and it doesn't matter in the sight of God as long as you confess your sin and ask him into your heart, and it's that simple. So that's the most important thing I could say to you. So please, if you're not a believer in Jesus, please consider everything that I'm saying. And I've said this before, if, you, if you're not sure, pick up the Gospel of John, start reading the book of John, and if you can, keep going into the book of Acts. I, I promise you, by the time you're done, Holy Spirit will, will do that work and you will make that revelation to you. So uh, let me close and by thanking you for your time as I'm losing my voice here. I'm very appreciative. I, I, I hope this information was uh, a blessing to you. I enjoy preparing it. Um, and again, questions, comments, always shoot them on whatever platform you're on. Love to hear back from you. Always, if you agree, disagree, it's all good. Questions, comments, uh, or prayer requests, please email russicoutlook at gmail.com. Uh, my name is Mark. You've been listening to the Russick Outlook. And remember, as always, just my opinion. <laughs>